Welcome to From a Woman to a Leader, a podcast dedicated to discussing the challenges and providing tips for women in tech leadership. Hi, I'm your host, Limor Bergman-Gross, and in each episode, we'll hear from other successful women in tech, sharing their stories, insights, and advice. Join us as we empower each other to reach our full potential in the tech industry. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of From a Woman to a Leader. We are now in season two, The Color of Change, focused on incredible leaders that are also women of color. And today I have a great pleasure to have here with me Lisette Zunon, which is an incredible leader. She is now a director of quality engineering at Fort Robotics. And we're going to talk about a topic that I think is super, super relevant and very important to talk more about, equitable hiring and inclusive retention practices in tech. So hi, Lizette. How are you today? Good. How are you, Limon? It's great to be back on the podcast. Yeah, great to have you again. Yeah, and Lizette was one of my first guests in the first season. We had a wonderful conversation about career and QA. And now we're going to talk about equitable hiring. This is so important. But before we get into that, Lizette, I would love if you can kind of share your journey, your experiences, and what led you to be passionate about equitable hiring. Yeah, my journey, I have about two decades of experience in uh, software development, software quality, and uh, technology space. and. Uh, I started as a QA engineer, then became a manager, then became a, a director. It was not overnight, obviously, but uh, throughout that journey, I realized that uh, I've always been uh, the only one Black woman in the room, the only one in the building, the only one in a leadership team. And uh, although that's, uh, that's a statistic that we're probably all aware of, I've also part of my entire career help out, you know, and being a strong advocate of have, having women in tech, you know, and also minority in general, just in tech and help us um, understand why tech is important and also how we can create space for other folks to be in tech as well. So that's where it led to my passion. And the topic for today is just part of like my experience of being a leader for the past decade, you know, in hiring uh, the most diverse team multiple times in different organizations and the different process that are put in place to be able to do that in a successful way. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing. And I I relate to what you're saying because I a lot of times felt kind of lonely, right? I mean, many times I was the only woman in the room and especially when you go to leadership roles, right? And you lead a group of white men. That's at least for me, was intimidating and I felt very uncomfortable just being the only woman. Not that the men did anything, but it was just being different. Right, right. Yeah, and uh, the idea is to bring diversity to to the room, you know, so that it's not the case year over year. Absolutely. And you talk about adjusting the hiring process to create equity, right? To create equity hiring. Can you share about that a little bit? What kind of changes in the hiring yeah. process? 
what I've learned is like uh, when you when you in a leadership position, you know, you are asked to like build a team, and I've also had the privilege of growing creating team from scratch so building team from the ground up so that's a wonderful privilege because then you get to like hire people right and bring new folks to the organization so i choose you know that uh, and it's the the what choose is important because you got to be intentional and say you know i want to you know because i'm i'm at this leadership position make the team a little bit more diverse so but then i realized that there's no framework nobody's really expect you to do that you know it really has to be on your own wheel you know and then when you do it it it's not easy so you have to like create a framework around it you know and also educate other people why it's important to to hire a diverse team member you know and uh, also clearly like whole hand you know with the different process that are put in place but there has to be a lot of intention you know a lot of uh, process that you have to put in place to to get to that and i hope we're gonna get to talk to that about that it starts from uh, you know simply the job description that you're creating really mm -hmm. you know what judge description do you have out there because oh, statistic has shown that you know the, the way women read the job description versus men is totally different right men will uh, just pick one they will probably have one skill set that they match and they will just still click and ap apply for the job but women probably will not you know so it's good to have like um inclusive language in your job description from the get to go so that you know whoever is reading their application they just feel included they just feel like this is a job that i can be successful at you know and there's also work that women has to do on their side but from a hiring manager we also need to lean in a little bit and make the job description, you know, you can say must have, and then you can also say these are nice to have. So people already know, you know, if I have this, I'm in the running for this position. So it's just yeah. little tips like that. You have to like include in your job description and also what kind of language you have in the job description. Is it really inclusive language instead of biased languages? Yes, absolutely. So you mentioned two things that I think are very important. First of all, we all need to take into account that women feel less comfortable to uh, submit themselves for a specific job if they don't feel like they are qualified for most, if not all. Right. right. While men, as you said, like maybe, oh, I have one checkbox, so I'll apply. Right. And then you talked about the language. So let's talk about that. Do you have some examples of maybe either, either kind of vocabulary that you recommend adopting, like maybe some word choice? Or maybe some to try to refrain from. Yeah, I will. I will mostly say trying to refrain from. You know, like there's some types of job description that are like very male dominated world. You know, while you know you can just use what what that are very neutral. You know, neutral to any other kind of person. So so that people people feel if you say you know must lift must be able to lift fifty pounds for instance, right? That alone already. It's already telling somebody like me, which is a small frame, that this is not for me, you know. And another one, even when you go beyond the job description, right, there's some hiring practice that we have that, you know, you say, okay, you want everybody to come and take some coding tests, you know, which I don't have any problem with coding tests. But there's a lot of research have shown that, you know, 
putting people, everybody doesn't have the same way of learning style as well, you know, and when we're talking about diversity, the goal is not always to hire, you know, women or people of color or minority, but the goal is to to really be open to any kind of diverse force. So it could be people that have neurodivergent as well. So when you're creating like those coding exercise, right, and you put people in a room and you ask them to like do some kind of exercise, time-based, not everybody is able to react to that in a positive way. And you already, because you provide that task as a measure to choose your candidate, you already putting aside some people that might not be able to be successful, but that, that doesn't mean they're not going to be a good employee in your organization if you hire them later. So you have to take a look, you know, usually I tell my team member, that's kind of like a lazy approach, you know, to like hiring. You have to like define what is the skill set that you're looking for really, you know, and just look for those skill set instead of just doing some blatant, you know, general way of trying to hire people because you really don't want to take too much time into actually groom, for lack of a better word, your hiring process to adapt to any diverse candidate. Oh, that's a great example. Yeah, absolutely. And that could be really daunting for someone to do this uh test right i mean some of them even ask you to do it uh, live some of them exactly. ask you to do it at home some live and this is very stressful not just exactly. for women for anybody right that's why i say the goal like when i'm having this conversation i'm like the goal is not always that lizette is want people to hire women or black women or women of color no the goal is just to open a little bit your hiring process so that you can get, you know, diverse force in your organization. And as you say, you know, you know, everybody's already super stressed out. So adding to the stress of it and asking somebody, you know, to to take the test online or even uh, live on a on a video is super demanding, you know, and you have to ask yourself, like, what is really your goal for doing this? You know, because you can get that skill set any other way. And that should be the way that you should approach it in my opinion. So how would you suggest, for example, if, you know, when hiring to very technical teams of software engineers or maybe quality engineers, how would you recommend replacing this, uh, as you said, like this test? What would you do? Yeah, so prepare your question, you know. First of all, what I do is simple, right? I, I like to bring people in the room so that we know what are the skill set that we need for this specific job, right? And then when everybody knows the skill sets, we can go about and just go look for questions that is really specific and ask those questions. And then the other part that we need to also do as hiring is to listen to the answer, you know, and be really, and don't ask the same, like my, my, my hiring is very, it's a different approach. Like if I interview five different candidates, I'll probably have five different questions for them because my question is really based on the answer that the candidate is asking me, you know? So know the skill set that you're trying to get to. If the skill set is DevOps, if the skill set is GitHub, the skill set is uh, Azure DevOps, or the skill set is C++ or QA skill set, right? Know, do your homework and find the question that will allow you to know that, you know, if the person answered this way, that means they have done it because of their level. And also it depends on the level, right? Are you hiring a senior? Are you hiring a junior? Are you hiring like an executive? So you need to come up with like scenario-based question for the folks that are really specific to what you're trying to get to. What usually happen is, you know, to be frank, 
hiring manager has been super lazy for lack of better words you know they just want to show up at an interview and you know it's like something that they do five minutes before they join the call to the interview and they're just trying to listen in and then you know there's no specific science to it i'm a mathematician you know we're both engineers so i like to do things in a framework base you know let's have a framework i bring everybody that is part of my hiring panel in a room and then we discuss the job description. Everybody is on the same page of what the job description is asking and what I'm expecting, you know, what good look like. I like to say, once we all know what good look like and we're on the same page, then I have a scoring sheet, you know, a specific scoring sheet based on those items on the job description. And then we have like a, a scoring for each of those. So there's no, I don't want people to go in an interview and they come out, they're like, oh, I don't like this. They don't, they're not a good fit. That is not a valid answer for me. You know, I need specific. I need to know what out of this 10 of 20 list that we all came up with, you know, they were missing, you know? And then it since it's just a panel, we'll, we'll, co we'll compare notes, right? With everybody. So then it become a little bit more, you know, scientific base. It's not yeah. just, you know, by feeling, you know, because when it's by feeling, people end up hiring their friend, you know, because you you hire people that you like. And 99% of the time, you're going to hire people that look like you, you know, but that's not the goal. The, the goal is to hire talent that's going to help you with the project. And they, also the goal is to hire people that are diverse, because anyway, organizations need to understand that diversity become an economical factor, you know, it's become a breadwinner for innovation. If you have a diverse, like I'm in quality, and what I always say is I want the people that are testing my application to look like the people that are going to use the application. So for us, diversity is like super important. I the, all the same people thinking the same way, using the software, the hardware the same way. I want the people to be diverse, you know, as much as uh, the population that's going to use uh, the thing that we're testing. So for me, that's the lens that I take and look at it. So when you do those little things, and these are not like rocket science thing that we're talking about. These are just simple intentional uh, tips that you need to lean in and, and do. And I, I truthfully know, because I've done this several times, that when you do that, you're going to end up on the other side with a pool of candidates that you can look at, you know, and say, okay, I can choose a diverse candidate because they have the same score, you know, it's all about the scoring, right? They have the same score, they bring in the same expertise, and then here you go, you know? And the other thing that I say is uh, <clears throat> you need to explain to your team member why it's also important. Everything that I'm just telling you, it's the same conversation you need to have with your internal team member and business partner. Why hiring diverse candidates matter? You know, what's the difference that's make? You know, how does it even attract other people into your organization? That is also a conversation you, you should be having with your, your, your colleague because, you know, people can feel some kind of way, you know, why is the organization feeling this way? Another thing that I also mentioned is, data-driven diversity you know these days everything is data 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 right so yeah let's put some data behind it let's have some baseline you know as a hiring manager what's your diversity team look like today and then start having goal just like we have kpi goal for revenue just like we have kpi for like code coverage and everything let's have some metrics around you know the retention that you have in your organization, you know, or people that you are hiring, because there's a lot of uh, situation that happen. It's always the diverse folks that are, you know, cut 
that's another yeah. thing that do happen so when you start doing data-driven diversity and you wait the talent versus the outcome and the results you're getting you know people start looking at that numbers and that number also matter to those hiring manager right if you tie that to the performance yeah Great. So many things you discussed here, but I wanted to kind of uh, emphasize a few things because I've done similar things also. So you mentioned making it the hiring process more scientific than feeling based, right? I mean, because we yes. tend to to have our own feelings and liking of someone, right? Yes. If they look like us, if they talk like us, we tend to like them versus someone who is very different. So we'll take the example, a white man interviewing a black woman then they mm-hmm. may have some, okay, some other feelings versus someone he maybe know or learned or looks like like him. And, mm-hmm. and having this score sheet of different kind of uh, things you want to check. Mm-hmm. Can you give an example? Like what kind of skills, for example, you put in your score sheets? I, I put all kinds of things. So for the position that I'm hiring, there will be a technical portion. So it will be like Python. That's another... Python, mm-hmm. you know, I will put uh, Java, somebody, the, the understanding of Java, the understanding of agile processes, you know, agile methodology, I'll put, uh, do they have a cloud-based uh, technology, uh, what kind of um, DevOps technology do they know, you know, you have, they use Jinkin, Azure DevOps, I will also get down into like uh, the personal skill set, you know, what is the EQ based on you talking to them, you know, do they have great collaboration skill, do they have team player, you know, do they have the sense of flexibility, that's really big for me, like, are they innovative person, what have they done as an innovative, you know, what is the conflict management look like, you know, if the conflict happen, do they, you know, agree to disagree, you know, do they agree and commit, do they disagree and commit, you know, different things like that, I'll put deep, depending on the level, depending on what I need them to do, and also another thing that I do is, I look at the team that I have right now, you know, the team that I have, and what skill set is missing in my team, and then I put that on as part of my job description, you know, or things that I feel like it's already conflicting in my team. I throw that as in a, a skill that I need, you know, on the job description and all you can make it your own, you know, yeah. the value with that is you, you customize it to your need, but you also make it consistent across everybody that come talk to candidate. So we are looking at all the candidates with the same question, pretty much, you know, the answer is going to vary, right? Because candidate are different but what we need is going to be the same what we're looking for is going to be the same and then the people that are interviewing will also be asking the same question and then they'll be able to grade so yeah that's what I do absolutely that's wonderful yeah and I used to do something similar so I used to kind of uh, look with the team on the different skills that we're looking for both soft skills and hard skills and create a panel of interviewers that uh, each one will focus on on one thing and mm. as you said, sometimes even creating a question list, although I don't like on one hand to prescribe too much, but on the other, no, sometimes it helps. No, I, I also don't like to prescribe, but you have to like, so when I bring the panel team together and I'm discussing with them, people are different. Some people like to like to to know, you know, what is the question that goes with this, you know, specific skill set. And then I can throw in a question for them. But I like people like to make it their own. But the goal is I want to know how they're able to to match the skill set. Yeah. Yeah, that's wonderful. Uh, and I wanted to ask you, 
What are the things or the challenges that women of color, you know, especially we know that we have less and less Hispanic and black women in tech, more so than in general, like what do you think is the reason for that? Why, why we don't see more? What are their challenges? There's, there's the challenges are several layers, right? The, the first challenge is probably there's not a lot of road model, you know, there's not a lot of folks that, you know, women, black women executive, there's not a lot, you know, and the few that are there, they are so stressed out probably, you know, and so head down trying to survive, you know, in their role, you know, so the retention piece is also critical. So yeah. that's the thing. Like once you hire folks, you got to make sure that you retain them, you know. And then uh, I talk about, you know, shine the light on your rock star in the organization, especially your diverse rock star. Because what that do is uh, like here we are on the podcast, right? And probably some some lady that is like uh, in her second year of college will see it. And then because I don't remember when I was growing up, I've ever known any women of color being in tech or even being uh, at a higher level in tech. I didn't. Most people that I knew was probably in college like me and some people were changing major while I was trying to choose the same major. So that's already telling you that there's not a lot of people that sustain. It's not sustainable career for a lot of people. But the other thing is also uh, those uh, role model to go back, you know, in the field, go back uh, to high school, go back to college and uh try to empower, try to mentor, trying to inspire, you know, the new generation of young girls that, that will be interested in the field. And these days, being in tech doesn't mean you have to have an engineering career. You know, you can come up with other background, but you can end up working in a tech field. So that's also a little bit opening than before. You have to be like engineering career driven. But those are the reasons. One one of the things that I'm doing personally is I teach class, you know. I have an academy, ZSI Academy, where I teach quality insurance class to young girls from the age of uh, 18 to 25 in uh, in Africa, you know, and I'm also I'm also doing like a STEM camp, you know, for for little kids uh, next year in summer. So those are how you inspire the young generation. Those are how you kind of like create a pipeline of women that should be inspired. And maybe you mentor them in the future, but show them the way, you know. And also that also give me opportunity to network with other women like me, you know, or other people of color so they can come on a panel or they can have more conversation because I feel like, you know, I'm already a little bit old to be relating to kids or college students so you know when I was teaching my course uh, this spring earlier this year I had to invite you know other young ladies that are already in tech but younger than me to to allow them to share their story I invite this lady from Jamaica she was able to share her story to this young lady because she and they really love it they could relate I also had another lady from uh, Ukraine that I invited from Canada that was able to also share because it's all about you know if you see somebody yeah. that can do something that you are interested in, you can believe in it, you know. You, Absolutely. You can, you can really feel it. Absolutely. And this is so important. It's so important to see role models like yourself, right? To see someone that gets to executive roles and you say, well, I can imagine myself because Lizette is there. So I can actually imagine myself getting there as well. This is so important. Thank you so much for sharing. And you, you mentioned about kind of the... Not just hiring, not just equitable hiring, 
but also making sure that you retain those diverse yes. talents. So can you share maybe some strategies you think, based on your experience, what companies can yes. do to retain those, those women? Yeah, quickly, three things, right? So once you get a great hire in, and onboarding is a big piece of the retention, right? How they, they show up the first 90 days is extremely important, right? So again, another part of the work that the hiring manager have to do is really craft a very important onboarding process for them for the next 90 days, you know? And that can go as detailed as you want to. I get very, very detailed on the first month, you know, what I expect from my person that is coming and then what how I guide them and how other people in the organization I expect them also to mentor and to guide them and to welcome them in the organization so that's also another strategy that is critical for 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 the success I feel like for for any new hire but even diverse even better right and then the other thing organization need to do is you need to foster you know a way by doing survey because this is what I always say like the the people of color, the black women in your organization, they're all talking to each other, you know. So you, as a leader of organization, you want to lean in and hear how things are doing, you know, how they've been treating a meeting, how just things are doing in general. And you want to be part of those conversations through either ERG or through, you know, different channel of communication. But you want to be including those conversations so you understand what's what things is happening. The third piece, as I mentioned already, is data-driven diversity. So you want to have numbers, right? And know that, you know, if you don't do anything, you can look at the number to determine that, you know, are the people that we're hiring, you know, are they sticking around for, for a while? And then probably then try to find solution on, you know, why it's not happening. So I think those would be like the three things that I will throw in there. Absolutely. And the uh... Onboarding is so critical, especially nowadays when a lot of companies work remote or hybrid. So people starting out, they don't know anyone. And it's so critical for them to feel like they belong. Yes, yes, yes. You, you, You have to really put yourself in their shoes, right? I put things like even a policy of a online online how you show up online you know are you the kind of company where you expect everybody to be on uh, video are you the comp- company that expect people to you don't have to be on video you know you have to be descriptive you know what is your slack policy can you just slack each other all the time all of those need to be and uh, shared discussed and uh inform your, your new hire so they can know how to behave in this new place that they just joined and that's part of also allowing them to feel, you know, included as well. Yeah, and feeling included is uh, easier said than done, especially, you know, when uh, you join a team, when you're the only woman or the only black woman and you don't have anyone else like you. So what are some strategies to, you think the teams can uh, can adapt to create this uh, feeling of belonging and uh, make make someone feel safe? psychological safety and belonging and feel like comfortable, even if she doesn't have someone like her in the team or, you know, in in the company, but at least she can feel that people respect her and value her. Yeah, there's there's a couple of things you can do and also depend on the person level, right? If it's a very junior person, I would say get them a a body. Most organizations do that, you know, a simple body, what is like the person that you you need to know, you know, where's even the bathroom in the building, you know? Mm -hmm. 
for lack of better one, you know, I was having a conversation with my daughter the other day. She was talking about like, you know, she wouldn't be part of ambassador program just to help somebody because she was like, the first week I didn't know what was the bathroom in my new school, you know, it's just little things like that, but that might be true with somebody. So where is the place where we, we look for information? So that's what I do in my onboarding. Not only the employee, I tell them that, you know, this is a document that is showing all of this, but I'm saying like, this is the person you need to talk to if you need this information, if you need DevOps information this is the person you need to talk to if you need this tool this is the person right and i'm also having the same conversation with this person too you know and saying when you get on the call i go as specific as the onboarding conversation they're gonna have i go and create an agenda for both of them and say this is what i want you to talk about because usually again what happens is you know we're lazy. You throw, you know, the new person and the or the existing person in the company, you throw them in a call and they're like, oh, welcome. I don't know what to tell you. You know, this is what we'd like. It's just very, I don't even know, right? So you gotta be specific and say, talk to them about this, talk to them about this and list it for them. And hopefully that sparkle a conversation. And then at the end of the day, they need to have a communication line and say, because if you're somebody that is a little bit experienced, it's easy, you know, I will get on a Slack and just Slack whoever, you know, and say, hi, my name is Lizard. I need X, Y, and Z. But not everybody has that, you know, sense of like opening and just jump on a call with a stranger that they have not talked to, right? So you have to like document all this and make it specific for your team member and say, this is somebody, because the reason why this is something that I might sound passionate about is because it has ha happened to me several times. I've joined a company and for the first two weeks, my hiring manager was on vacation, you know, and this is not even remote. This is like on site back in the day. So I had to like figure everything out on my own for the first month, just by myself, like introduce myself and say, help me. And I got help and I was able to be successful in the organization. I stayed for like three or four years, if I recall. So, but it's, it's not, it's not how it's supposed to be done. You know, there's a better way to, to do it. To, to let people, and then once you do that, you know, your team member will take the mental on and become that body or become that, you know, onboarding uh, specialist, if you want to call it for other people, because they really value that. Okay, when I came, you know, I was super welcome and I followed this process. So now it makes sense. So even what I have to do is sometimes I have to explain to my colleague why I'm making you do this, you know, because some colleagues are like, why, why do I have to do this? This is extra. It's not part of my job, you know, but it's really part of welcoming some, somebody new in the organization. It's important. Absolutely. Yeah. So you talk about uh onboarding process and making sure that uh, it's clear uh, to team members exactly what you need to onboard a new hire on. This is wonderful. And uh, I can't believe, I mean, it's already 30 minutes since we started. And uh, I want to let you kind of share how can people reach out to you and anything else that you want to leave our audience with today. Yeah, how to reach out to me. I mean, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. We always have some really good, insightful, constructive uh, conversation on your podcast. Mostly LinkedIn. LinkedIn uh, is uh, my preferred way. I would say LinkedIn and also Instagram, you know, but LinkedIn mm -hmm. really for this kind of for, for topic. Uh, I'm, I'm super open, happy to, to share more insight or, you know, be invited to your company to share, you know, even more nugget. You know, I've done that in uh, 
this specific topic. I was at a conference sharing this and uh, you receive a lot of, you know, just to tell you how much this is super important because you will ask me, how did this topic came about? It's just realizing that this is a space that a lot of people are not talking about. We keep talking about, you know, we want to hire diverse people. Most people that are into diversity and inclusion are not hiring manager anymore. You need to realize that most people, because when you look, it's only like two to three percent black women that are in tech space as a leadership level. So there's not even a lot of people that are like having the hiring decision. There's a lot of people telling you how you should do it, but they don't have they don't have the seat of actually being a hiring manager. So I decided this year that I was going to do that talk and somebody invited me at conference. After the conference, we spent 45 minutes doing Q&A, you know, literally on just questions that people have. So I feel like this is a timely topic. So thank you for having me. Appreciate yeah, thank it. you. Thank you so much for being here, Lizette. I'll share your uh, LinkedIn uh, URL and also Instagram. Thank you so much. It's been great conversation. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of From a Woman to a Leader. This is your host, Limor Bergman-Gross, and I want to encourage you to reach out to me on LinkedIn, Limor Bergman, and let me know what do you think about the episodes. Feel free also to comment on Apple Podcasts and tell me what do you want me to talk about, which guests do you want me to bring. I really appreciate that and have a wonderful day.